0: Awesome. You got your Bible tonight. Why don't you turn to Joshua 6 and uh, verse 10? And uh, let's just start with a little bit of prayer because uh, how many people know that God is a good God? And uh, God is everything that we need. And uh, so hence, let's pray tonight. Dear Lord, Father, we just thank you. God, we just commit this night to you. Lord, we just declare that, Father, you would have your way in this place. Lord, we declare that the presence of God would be manifested, Lord, amongst our lives in Jesus' name. Father, we declare that our spirits will be open, Lord, to receive what you have for us, God. Father, we declare that, Lord, we honor you. We honor your Holy Spirit. We value your presence tonight, and Holy Spirit, let just saturate, saturate this place and our lives in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. woo I tell you, I'm excited. Joshua 6, and uh, you all know the story, but I'm not actually t- preaching about Jericho, but there's one aspect of this that I want to bring on and speak on tonight. And uh, in Joshua 10, it says, Joshua 6 verse 10, it says this, do not shout. So here we have the, uh, the men, the Israelites are just about to uh, start marching around the walls. Actually, they have started and how many people know that, uh, that God spoke to Joshua really clearly about how you would take the promised land? But how many people know that there was a great big obstacle that stood in their way, and that was in the form of this great big ugly wall? And how many people know that God spoke to Joshua and he said, Joshua, I want you to march around the wall six days, march around once. How many people think that that sounds a little crazy? you know, when you, here you are, God says, I will give you the city, you know, you would think that God would have a better plan, a more radical, drastic plan, like commandos cruising up to the wall, laying down there, uh, their explosives, blowing the thing up to kingdom come, and then walking straight on in there. Or maybe if they didn't have explosives, maybe some way that they could scale the heights of the wall and, uh, and cruise on over. Maybe God could just transport them straight on through. I'll tell you, that's the kind of thing I would have thought maybe God would do. But God said, march around the wall for six days. March around once. You can imagine it. Here they are. They're marching around the wall. And the soldiers from Jericho sitting up on top, they would have been up there giving God's people stick. Because they're marching around this big old wall. It was like Jericho represented the might of all of that land. And here they are. These people, these Christians from high above would look like little little teeny weeny, itsy bitsy little fleas, like nothing. And here they are, they're marching around and, 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 and Joshua says to them, don't even shout. Fair enough. So here we are, we're marching around the wall, we're not allowed to shout. But he also says, don't even talk either. So they can't even have a talk or, or talk amongst themselves or, you know, they've got to pray quietly in amongst themselves, you know, in their mind and, and all that. They can't even talk. They can't even shout. And they're marching around the walls. then on the seventh day, they have to march around seven times. I'm picking by the sixth, end of the sixth day. It's been bad enough that they've had to march around this great big wall for six days. They've got that much stick. They're probably all down and out and thinking, man, what are we even doing? Joshua, did you even have God? Man, are you sure? Go back and encounter God again and, and, and just see if he gives you something else. But the seventh day comes, he says, march around seven times and, uh, and then give out, the horns will blow, then give out a big, loud shout. And tonight I want to talk about shouting. Because for me, you know, I, I love to shout. I love to get excited. I love to just be passionate about what I do. And, uh, and it continues on in verse, down in, uh, down in verse, where, verse 15, it says this. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn, it's really early, and they marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. On the seventh time around, as the priest stood, uh, sounded a long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout! For the Lord has given you this town. Then down in verse 20 it says, When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. And suddenly, suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed as they lifted up a shout. You see, it doesn't say just give a little old yell. It doesn't say to just... But what does it say? It says, shouts. You see, when we come into this place and we say, let's lift up a shout of praise, you know, we're not saying just give a little old yay to God. We're saying, let's shout because the walls are coming down. Let's give a shout of praise because God has given us the victory, because God has, has won the battle, because God has won everything that limits you. When we shout, we shout with all of our praise, with everything within us. You know, the word shout means, oh, I'll tell you, it means to shout for joy, to sound an alarm of triumph, to shout for joy. How many people can stand here tonight and say, I have got something to shout for joy about? Because you see, friends, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing tonight, you can still stand here with a shout for joy you can still stand in this place and give a big shout to Jesus Christ because He has set you free from all sin, because He has set you free from all limitations, because He has given you a future and a hope so that you could go in to the very places that God has given you a dream, that God has given you a desire for, to go in and to claim that land. You see, God has given you the victory. So we can shout for joy. We can shout for triumph. But often, as we come so weighed down with the heaviness of of the week, with the heaviness of life, when it comes to giving God praise, when it comes to lifting everything we have with excitement, with passion, with joy up to Him, all we can manage is a good old, yay. See, God wants us to push beyond that. God wants us to push beyond our limitations God wants us to push beyond the things that keep us in that place where we would only give a yay to God instead of a big old shout of praise to Him. You know, when you're out there and you're at a rugby game or a cricket game and and you score a try, the All Blacks do, or whoever, or netball, or out shopping, I don't know what girls do to get excited, but anyway. But, you know, let's talk about guys because I'm a guy. Maybe as you, and when you're a girl, maybe when you're shopping, you find an outfit you like, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, Maybe you got to shout about something, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, how many people know that when you're passionate about something, it's not hard to get excited and give a good old shout about? Are you passionate for God? Are you passionate for God? Are you in love with the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross so that you could be free? Because, you see, when you love something enough, when you're excited about something enough, you will give a shout. And I won't just be a little teeny-weeny. Yay, it'll be a shout of praise that would lift the roof off this place, that would unlock heaven. You see, when we shout, it does something in the spirit. We don't shout just because we like noise. But we shout because when we shout, it unlocks heaven. When we shout, it grabs the attention of God. And when we shout, as we're together unified, the Bible says, where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And as we shout, as one people with one voice, unified as we lift our voices with a shout of praise unto the Lord Jesus Christ, it unlocks heaven. We get the attention of God. Then God falls. Miracles happen. Lives are set free. It's not about just a worship leader or the worship team or or leaders standing there giving a shout. It's about all of us. It's about us as men and women of God taking ownership for who we are in Him. It's about us as sons and daughters of God taking ownership as, as children of God. Here in this place, in one place gathered together that we would see heaven unlocked that we would see the heavens unlocked so that we could be filled with the presence of God, then empowered to go out and reach your workplaces and reach your schools. You see, you can't do it by yourself. But with one touch from the presence of God, you can go and you can do amazing things. You see, we live in a society at the moment where people, so many people are full of hopelessness. So many people are full of fear, don't know where the next dollar is coming from struggling for food on their table. And there's just a despair around people, you know. And and it's evident in what's going on in our news. And, and you know, obviously the shooting in Napier a few weeks ago, it didn't just happen. There would have been something going on for him that just caused him to snap. You know, we see the the couple that have, have accidentally got given $10 million and they've taken off with that. Most men, I was, I was thinking about that when I was talking to my wife, and I said, man, I would be like, yes, Jesus has blessed me. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Ask for 10 grand and they give me 10 million. Thank you, Lord. But I wouldn't skip the country with it because, man, if I was wrong, then I would be in so much trouble. What causes someone to do that? You've got to know you're going to get caught. What causes someone to ask for 10,000, they get 10 million, and realize that something's up here and just take it and leave? There'll be stuff going on for them. But yet us as Christians, we as sons and daughters of God need to be in a place that is different than the way that the world is. You see, the Bible talks about in Isaiah 59, verse 9, it says this. It says, my thoughts. now that's verse 8. Verse 9. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's ways are higher. God's thoughts are higher. So the things that we as Christians get caught up in, God is thinking far beyond that. God is thinking higher than that. So when you're worried and concerned about where you're, next, where you're, where you're going to pay your bills about, God's not concerned about that stuff, friends. His ways are higher. He's got it all sorted. When you come in here, bow down or weighed down because you're tired, because you've been busy, because your friend has just, you know, been on the phone to you and have given you a bit of stick, God's ways are higher. God's thoughts are higher. We need to lift our eyes. We need to get our thoughts onto Him, onto kingdom thinking. You see, while we as a church squabble about little things, God's called us to take a city. As we're squabbling about little things and consumed about whether the music's too loud, the lights are too bright, concerned about whether or not this person is doing that or this person's doing that, he's not a good leader, how could she be there? God's not concerned about that stuff. He's calling us to shout so that we would see souls saved. He's calling us to look higher than the little stuff and get our minds off that little things because, you see, we've got to realize that God has His hand upon everything. God is in control. We're not, God is. God ordains, and He can remove someone as quick as that. So we've got to lift our minds so that we are now in a place of thinking like God thinks. God thinks about souls. God thinks about where are your friends at? God's concerned about that. God's not concerned about little things. So neither should we be because we're called to be like him. We're called to be like Jesus. And then in Isaiah 60, it says this. 60 verse 1, it says, Arise, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness, as black as the night, covers all the nations of the earth. Sounds a little bit like today. But, who likes the buts? There's always a but. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over who? Over you. It rises and appears over you. Not over this building. Not over the so-called church facility, but over you and I. Not over leadership, but over all of us, over you and I. But the glory of the Lord appears over you, and all nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Whose? Yours. Your radiance. As we lift up a shout of praise unto the Lord. In this hour of darkness, we as the church are called to be a light into the city. That as we shout, as we lift up a shout of victory, as we lift up a shout of praise, that we would see the enemy's plans, that we would see the walls that he's placed in front of our friends, that we would see the walls that he's placed in front of our finances come tumbling down. Because you are the light. You are the one that carries the presence of God. It's you. It's you. I can't go into your school. Pastor Dave, Pastor Doug, Pastor Mike, the leaders can't go into your school, get your friends saved, but you can. The presence of God is on you as much as it's on anyone else. The presence of God is on the rest of you guys as much as it's on anyone else to go and see your friends and family members saved. But you see, we've got to contend for that. We've got to shout for that. We've got to continue to shout and see those walls come down. You know, I was thinking about what are the things that hold us back that would stop us from shouting out a sound of victory. You see, the Israelites—they could have walked around one day, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four—and stopped right there, and they would have missed what God had. How many times have you shouted for it to see? something break free in your life to see a friend saved, and you've given up. You see that friend, the breakthrough that you're believing for, the victory is on its way. You see, when you pray, it unlocks God hears, it unlocks angels to work, God gets to work, but you see, there's a battle that takes on because the devil doesn't want to see you get that victory. So when we think, we pray, God will make it happen straight away, which he can, but doesn't always do. And so, what happens is, as we pray, that uh, God is at work and just and, and to, to, uh, for that uh, breakthrough to be outworked. But so, therefore, it takes time. Sometimes it takes time. God wants to build your character. If God gave you everything that you wanted now, you'd be like that spoilt little child that, when they're in the warehouse, they scream because they can't get what they want because they've been so spoiled. And we all look at that kid and think, ah, oh, man, that is bad parenting. That is bad. But yet, if God did that for us, we would be that spoiled little kid. That when God wants to just say, "Actually, I want to grow you right now," you'd be like, ah, "God, why? It's just not fair. I want it now. Why? 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 Why?" And you'd be on the ground, lying on your back, and uh, and kicking your ears up, kicking your feet up in the air, and your leg. And I can't do that. Kicking your legs up in the air and screaming and shouting to God, and you'd look like a total. Anyway. You know what I mean. Some things that hold us back, fear, rejection. You know, fear, rejection, man, they're just a deception from the enemy to try and keep you stuck in the corner. Instead of breaking free out of that, breaking free out of the fear, breaking free from the rejection to be the son and daughter that God's called you to be. You've got to break out of that. You've got to break out of that. You see, you can get prayed for to, get, to have it broken free, and it will. But you know what? You've got it then. It's up to you to walk in the victory. It's up to you to then keep your life free from fear, free from rejection. Oh, but he looked at me the wrong way. He doesn't like me anymore. It's just not fair. I smiled at her. She didn't smile back. Get over it. It's okay. Jesus loves you. The other thing is lukewarmness. Man, as New Zealanders, we're so caught up in apathy and lukewarmness that, you know, we come to this place and, and it's like we've got the winter blues and it's full-on summer, and, but yet we bring in our stuff and our, our junk and, and, you know, and it's like we're just, oh, yeah, I'll come and do church tonight and oh, lift my hands, my mind's elsewhere, thinking about all my problems, thinking about what I want to do next and, you know, but you see, friends, unity, ownership, shout For victory, shout and lift your voice up as a praise unto the Lord. You choose whether you bring apathy, whether you bring lukewarmness into into this place, whether you live a lifestyle of that. You choose. But I'm so tired. Go to bed earlier. But my favorite TV program's on at 10 o'clock at night. You don't understand. Go to bed earlier. There is a video player that can record that. Your choice to break out of the lukewarmness, negativity, lack of vision. The Bible talks about without vision, the people perished. Depression, fear of failure. You know what, with fear of failure, what have you got to lose? Really, what have you got to lose? You give something a go, oh, well, mucked up. That's cool. Really, it's not that big a deal. It's really not. You know, we make it bigger than it actually is. And you know what, when you try stuff, that God has asked you to do, you won't fail. You don't do it alone. You do it with Jesus Christ. He walks with you. He walks with you. He walks with you. He says, I want you to go and talk to that person and, and son, daughter, I will grab your hand and I'll go with you. What have you got to lose? Nothing. It's all in our mind. Sin, busyness, sin. Ooh, that's a nasty word, isn't it? Can't use that up here, surely. Busyness, man. We've got to make time for God. You know, my wife and I have been away this week at a life conference up in Auckland. I'll tell you, it's a great conference, like 2,000 people there. And, uh, and the funny thing was, we're driving there and driving back and, and we were talking and getting some real cool ideas for you know, what we can do and different things in kids' ministry and stuff. And, and I said to her, you know what? Whenever we go away, we always seem to just do lots of talking and come up with all these great ideas. Why don't we ever do it as much well, we're at home. It's because we're too busy. And we just kind of decided then that we just need to set aside time where we can just sit and we can just talk, as opposed to being busy all the time doing stuff. you got to actually make time, one, for your, for your family, for your wife, for your partner, you know, and also for God. Because when you're busy, the first thing that goes your relationship with God, then your time with your, with your husband or wife and also your kids. You know what? They're important they are important. We can't get too busy doing God's work that they suffer. One thing that I've always, cho- always purposed in my life, you always hear, pastor's kids are the naughtiest. They're always off the rails and off purpose that our kids will not be that way. They will not be that way. But you know what? It then requires my wife and I to purpose not to get too busy that they then get angry and, and, and you know, in an attitude with the church. Oh, the church always took my parents from me. Some of you, it's work. Work takes my dad all the time. We can't get too busy. Our marriage and our kids are too much for us to lose because of that. You know, I've got five keys I'm going to whip through real quick. Things that we need to keep shouting for. And, uh, and the first one is souls. We've got to keep shouting for souls. We've got to keep pursuing. We've got to keep shouting that the wars would come down. And, you know, I want to share a real quick testimony uh, to you tonight. You know, as uh, as we're in service this morning, in the first service, we had a guy come in uh, during, just after the worship, he came in off the street, and, uh, and he said, I want to give my life to Jesus. And, uh, and so, you know, they, I went up and had a talk with him and prayed for him, and uh, and he got saved. Off the street, he got saved. That is exciting. That right there is exciting. And you know the thing that I want to challenge you with tonight? I said, man, what, you know? What's been going on for you? He said, oh, the last couple of days have been absolute hell for him. So he's been thinking about his life. But you know the thing that really impacted me? He said his parents and his brother are, both, are all saved. His brother's at City Impact up in Auckland. And he said, I've got saved earlier on in my life. And they kind of, it was like, I did it for them. They're like, come on, son, get on up there. And he just backslid every time. But he said, this time he hasn't seen his parents for two years. And, uh, and an uncle passed away about a week or so ago. So he went to the funeral and he said, You know, one of the things that really impacted me was, was the lifestyle of his brother and his parents. They had radically changed. You see, when they tried to tell him to be saved, he did it, but then he backslid. As as they allowed their lifestyle to shine and reflect the glory of God, that was a big factor to the reason he got saved. He said, my brother was full of anger, was full of fear, hated life, Two years ago, before he was saved, and now he's, he loves life. He's excited. He's joking. He's happy. He saw that, and he thought, I want that for my life. Souls, it happens. They're out there. We've got to keep shouting for them. We've got to keep shouting that the walls would come down that restrict them. Amen? We've got to do it. We are called. That is our mission. Family, I've touched on that already. We've got to make family a priority. The Bible talks about train the cho- your children in the way they should go and they will not depart from him. The third thing is dreams, you know? Some of you have lost your dream tonight. You need to get it back, and I want to show you a clip of, uh, so if you guys are ready to go, of uh, someone who had a dream and, uh, and has walked in that, so when you guys are ready. Hi, what's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, uh, Susan, um, where are you from? I am from Blackburn near Bathgate, West Lothian. It's a big town. It's a sort of collection of... It's a collection of, uh, Villages. I to think there. And how old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just one side of me. Oh. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, what's the dream? I'm trying to be a professional singer. And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? I've never been given the chance before, but here's hoping it'll change. Okay, and who would you like to be as successful as? Elaine Page. Elaine Page. What are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from the Miserables. Okay. Big song. (laughs) Yeah? Yes. Awesome. Susan Bull, you know, she had a dream to be a a famous singer. And, and, you know, the funny thing about it was that when she stood up, people hadn't even heard her sing, but they were judging her by the way she looked, what she said, and the way she acted. And you see the faces on those people, like, sing. And then when she started, wow. Even Simon Cowell, who, you know, how hard he is to please, Standing ovation. And you know, it says that uh, that she, she has been one of the most popular YouTube video submissions of her, of her audition. And it gathered nearly 2.5 million viewers in the first 72 hours. She's been on Oprah. She's been on heaps of shows. Here is a lady who had a dream. Who had a dream. And she now would be living that dream. You see, some of you here have stopped shouting for your dream. Some of you here have given up on your dream because of the way people looked at you when you told them what you want to do, because what people said when you shared your dream. You see, we're not called to live and ha- be by the opinion of man. We're called to live by the opinion of God. And God has dreams and plans for you right where you're at that He wants you to walk in, that He wants you to take a hold of, you see, some of you need to pick up that dream again and need to shout for that dream again. You need to keep shouting and keep shouting and keep shouting until the obstacles that are in the way are removed. Don't ever give up on the dreams and the things that God calls you to do. One, some of you have given up on visions that God has shown you, prophetic words that have been spoken. That is my next point. Joseph never gave up on the vision that he had. He, he took a hold of what God, the dream that God had given him, and he walked it out even when it seemed impossible for it to happen. The band can come on up now. Even when it seemed impossible for it to happen, he never, ever gave up. Some of you here tonight have stopped shouting for family members. You've stopped shouting for souls. You've stopped shouting for your dreams. My last point was finances. Some of, your, some of you are in such a financial rut that you've just given up all hope. Shout for the victory in your finances. You see, friends, God has called the church, you and I, to be blessed so that we can then be a blessing. Not so that we can live in in a luxury million-dollar home, and if God blesses you with that, then cool. But hear me on this. You're called to be blessed so that you can then be a blessing. If you're not being a blessing with your finances, then we're not doing what God's called us to do. Blessed. To be a blessing. Shout for the victory in that. Shout for the victory in that. Man, I'm believing that I will be in a place with my finances, that I'm so blessed that I could just sew vehicles in, that I could pay mortgage off. Man, I'm nowhere near that. But that is my dream in that. That is my vision. That is my goal. That God would financially bless me, that I could not just give little offerings, but big offerings to the house and to the children, the sons and daughters of God. You see, what? are you not shouting for? Every eye closed in this place. Maybe it's your dreams. God wants you to shout for them again tonight, friends. Family members, God wants you to shout for them again. Shout as they lifted up a shout unto him. The walls came tumbling down. As you lift up a shout for you, for souls, for your friends, for your family members, for your dreams, the walls, the obstacles will come tumbling down. My challenge to you tonight is don't give up. Don't give up. Jesus never gave up on us. Let's not give up on Him. Let's not give up on Him. You know, maybe you're here tonight and you're unsaved. You know what, friends? Tonight is not a mistake that you're here. It's not by accident that you're here. Maybe you've given up in your walk with God altogether. Maybe you're full of lukewarmness. You don't pray. You don't read the Word. You come just to see your mates. You know what, friends? Tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. Maybe like the brother that walked in off the street this morning. He was in a situation of desperation. And he came to the one thing, the one place that can help him. What's your situation tonight, friends? If you're unsaved in this place, relationships, alcohol, drugs, none of that stuff can help. Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus Christ is the only way. If that's you here tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, we never want to do a service without giving someone an opportunity to get to know our Lord and Savior. So if you're here tonight and you're unsaved, why don't you just pop your hand up really quickly. You know, I just want to pray for you. It's not a scary thing, but let me tell you that Jesus will radically change your life, radically change your life if you give him a chance. If you're here tonight and you don't know him, why don't you just lift your hand and say, Steve, that's me. Maybe you're backslidden. And you want to come back to him tonight. Why don't you just lift your hand right where you are with every eye closed, every head bowed. Thank you, Jesus. One last opportunity. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You know, maybe you're here and you've lost your dream. Your dream's been stolen. And you say, tonight, I've lost my dream. I've lost the goal and the plans that I've had for my life. I'm not living that way anymore. There's things that I had a dream to do. They've been quenched by people. They, never, they didn't seem to be happening. If that's you, why don't you just give me a lift? Why don't you just lift your hands up right we are? There's hands going up. Awesome. Hands going up. Hands going up. Excellent. Many people here. Maybe you're here and, and there's been people you've been praying for and you've stopped shouting for them. Why don't you lift your hands up and say, Steve, that's me. I've got friends. I've got family members that I need to continue on that I've stopped shouting for them. I need to continue on shouting again. Hands going up. Hands going up. Don't give up, friends. Don't give up. Don't give up. Come on, let's stand tonight. Let's stand tonight. Let's stand tonight. I'm going to pray, then we're going to finish with a song. And as we sing, let's not just sing with a little, make a little sound. Let's make a big noise tonight as we sing. With everything that we have, with everything that we have, with everything that we have, let's lift up a shout of praise in our singing in this place that would unlock heaven. Lord, I declare, Father, for every person that raised their hands tonight with his dreams that have been lost, Father, with his souls and people that have been believing for, Lord, we declare tonight with his finances, Lord, we declare tonight, Father God, that you would unlock heaven into their lives in Jesus' name. That dreams tonight would be ignited again. That Lord, passion for souls would be ignited again. Lord, we declare as a church, as young, as as woman of God, as man of God, as young and old, Father, that we would shout again. Lord, that the wars would be, Lord, would come tumbling down. That we would lift up a shout of victory, a shout of triumph in this place. Come on church, let's give a shout tonight. Jesus!